Our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, and I'm the host with you today. Today, guess who I have with me? You guys know Susan Cotton, right? If not, you should. She is an amazing human. I feel like that's all I tracked on on this podcast because people are doing such great things. And I met Susan probably, what has been Susan about? It's been two years ago now, virtually. Yeah, I think so. A couple of years ago, something like that. And it's when we were all connecting after COVID and we got linked up because you know how the, these great conversations start when you're talking to another person, they say, you know, who you need to talk to is, and Susan's name came up. So I reached out to Susan, met her and learned about all the wonderful things that she's been up to. And so I have the privilege of having her on today. Susan, thank you so much for being on the dental handoff. Oh my gosh, Kelly, thank you for having me. It's an it's an honor to be here with you. I I, I love your podcast. Oh, so, thank you. so thank you. And um I'm so glad that our worlds collided. Yeah, people are in your path. I call it the divine appointment for when people are appointed to our lives and in our timeline. And so you're definitely testimony to that. And Susan, what I always start with on this show is tell people why dental hygiene, like why did you decide that this profession was right for you? Well, it kind of found me. Um, I was working with my dad. My dad was a veterinarian. And I I worked there since I was probably eight years old. Started cleaning kennels and um, just grew up, always worked there. And I was um, in my 20s, my late 20s, working for my dad doing everything, assisting with surgery. I was actually doing dog and cat dentals with an ultrasonic scaler. He taught me how to do that. And I did front office, just did everything and loved it. We had a hygienist who came in and brought her dog in. And she and I were talking at the front and she asked me what I did. And I I told her everything I did there. And she said, oh my gosh, you do small animal dentals you should be a hygienist. She said, I just get this feeling that you'd be a really good hygienist. Have you ever thought about that? And I thought, I said, I have no idea other than when I go 
to my hygiene appointment and she cleans my teeth, I have no idea what they do. And it really, it started there. It kind of sparked something for me. I, my dad was going to retire, sell the animal hospital. And I knew I needed another path. And I knew I wanted health care. I knew I wanted that. And so I shadowed a couple of hygienists and I was like, yeah, I think this is for me. I like that because, and I really liked doing the um, dog and cat dentals. It was, um, it was fun. Of course, they're anesthetized, you know, um, they're, they're out, but it was so intriguing to see how the ultrasonic scaler, you know, removed the calculus and the stain and the plaque. And when I was doing it, I knew nothing about the mouth, <laughs> but that was my, so I finished up some prereqs I needed and I applied to University of Colorado Dental Hygiene School and I was accepted and that was it. That, well, that's, that's kind of a, that was like, you like literally it found you, like literally yeah. found you. Yeah. That's so cool that that started there. So then you went, you went from that and then you went into hygiene school and then did you go back into veterinary medicine? Like what happened after you went to hygiene school after that? You know, I didn't, my dad sold the animal hospital. Okay. And so I didn't go back into that. However, I did have a little bit of a hand in it. I have a cousin here in Colorado who is also a veterinarian and my dad was helping him open his veterinary practice and veterinary dentistry has really progressed quite a bit. And so they had me help them select the instruments that they needed for the small animal dentals. And they were pretty much just like what we use as dental hygienists, scalers. Um, I think I even think they had some Gracie's. It was um, so I, you know, had a little bit of a hand in that. That's but, cool. But I haven't been back into, um, you know, veterinary dentistry except for this past year, my sister's beloved dog, her little Pekingese died of oral cancer. Yeah. Wow. Right. Wow. It's like, does, how it, does it look the same as in humans mm -hmm. or how does it, does it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a tumor, very aggressive. Um, Noki went through radiation treatment and I'm just like humans do. Noki had a radiation mask. In fact, I've added this to my presentation now. Um, he had a radiation mask. He received radiation. He was on some other medications and it initially did get rid of the tumor, the oral cancer tumor, but it came back. Um, it was just very aggressive. So that was pretty sad. Yeah. That was wow. Yeah. I guess I'd never thought about that and the prevalence, but now that you say that, I think another friend of mine, his dog overcame oral cancer. It was, it, they caught it small and I don't know the, the type of it was that, that it was, and it wasn't as aggressive, but very interesting. Um, so then you, so then you graduated, so you didn't go back to the veterinary medicine, but then you went on as a clinical hygienist and then you did that for how long? And then, then what? Yeah, I did that. I was clinical hygiene for over 20 years and I was private practice for a good amount of that time. 
um, 17 years at the same office. And then I went into public health. I worked at an FQHC and I worked as an integrative dental hygienist. So part of the time I was in clinical hygiene and another part of the time I was in the medical suites at the FQHC, screening the medical providers, patients, doing oral health assessments. And because of our practice act here in Colorado, we also did what we called dental hygiene triage at this FQHC um, for medical dental integration. So emergency dental patients that came in, they would go to hygiene triage and we would triage them. We would assess them. We'd take their vitals, um, address their oral health needs, pain, get them scheduled. However, if their blood sugar or their blood pressure or anything else was out of the norm, and that needed to be addressed first, we would get them to medical first, or if a medical provider was available, have them come in to see them. So I did that for a couple of years. And during that time, I started my business, Oral Cancer Consulting. And, you know, a neck injury took me out of clinical hygiene. And that was sad. Um, but fortunately, I can still do oral cancer screenings. And I had my business going and I've just grown that since then, just taken that path because that really is my passion. And that started really around 2008. Yeah, I was going to ask what sparked that passion, what sparked that interest, because there's usually a story, uh, something that provokes at a pivotal point. Yeah, there is a story. And uh, about 2008, when I was private practice, we had a new patient to our office. And I got to be her hygienist. She had previously been diagnosed with HPV oral pharyngeal cancer mm -hmm. and HPV cervical cancer. And 2008, Kelly, we were really just on the cusp of hearing about HPV at that time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why don't I know about this? HPV oral pharyngeal cancer? And so at that time, I was doing everything I knew to help her manage the oral side effects of this cancer. It, it just devastates the mouth. We know that. And I'd been her hygienist for a couple of years. She came in, you know, three, four times a year. One appointment in 2010, of course, you know how close we get with our patients. We do. And we were talking about our weekend plans and she just paused and tears started to come down her cheeks. And she said, Susan, I'm going to a good friend's wedding. And all I want to be able to do is to go and laugh out loud and smile and take pictures just like everybody else does. But I can't without the fear of somebody seeing what my teeth look like. Mm -hmm. And so she was crying. I cried. We just, you know, it was, um, I knew what that cancer had done to her mouth. But until that moment, Kelly, I didn't know what that cancer had done to her entire life, how it had affected her mm. because of what her teeth looked like. There were times she didn't go to events she wanted to go to. Or when she went, it was, she was, very conscious and, you know, she would make sure she talked like this. Um, so people wouldn't see her teeth. 
smile like yeah like that um and it just it broke my heart and i thought okay i don't know enough about this uh, you know i thought i was doing a good job and i was at the time helping manage what had happened to her mouth but what it did to her entire life it, it just it was like a knife to my heart there's such a psychosocial impact there as it relates to i mean she went through an entire treatment for that and so just the psychosocial impact of that and then of her smile and just knowing and coming out on the other side so susan i know that you must have been doing everything you could and all we do in being providers and keeping up with the literature is the best we know how at that time so i didn't mean to cut you off no no that's fine um, I was headed to my own big event that weekend and what was my concern? Are my teeth white enough? And that's okay. But I, it really put things into perspective for me. And so where I was headed, I was headed to Las Vegas, baby. And I was going to spend the weekend with Donnie Osmond at his fan club get together. And I don't remember a time I haven't been in love with Donnie Osmond. He grew up on my bedroom wall, his posters plastered all over my wall, but it was a fan club get together. My sister and I went, I got to work out with Donnie. Um, we had pictures taken. It was just a, a pool party, just a fun thing. But he started that event with this. He said to all of us, there were about 300 of us crazy fans there. And he said, what do you do to make a difference in your community? He said, I want you to think about that. Because throughout the next day, day and a half, my assistants will be asking everybody, what do you want to do to make a difference in your community? And at the end of this weekend, when we're in the Flamingo showroom, I'm going to pull 15 of you of those ideas finalists up on the stage. You're going to tell all of us what you want to do. And then I'm going to narrow it down to 10. And those 10 of you will be in my Donnie Osmond Make a Difference program for the next year. Well, I knew immediately what I was going to say I wanted to do because two days earlier, I'd had that encounter with my patient. So I said, I want to raise awareness about HPV, the human papillomavirus and oral cancer. And the assistant that wrote that down, he kind of looked at me like, hmm, and said, oh, okay, I've never heard of that. And I thought, well, that won't get picked. <laughs> well, long story short, I ended up being one of the 10 to be a part of Donnie Osmond's inaugural Make a Difference program. Phenomenal. So wow. I was, I've seen all the pictures and I was wondering the story. I'm so glad you yeah. told it. <laughs> and so we were, we were all in the, this final day, we were in the Flamingo showroom where he and Marie had his show. We were up on stage, the 10 of us. And he said, so we had been selected and he said, I want to give you each some things. So he gave each of us $300 seed money to start with our program. And then he gave us a camera and said, document everything you do. Oh, one more thing. He said, my ask of you 
two things. First is to come back next year and present to all of us what you did during this year. The second thing is I need your phone number because I'm going to call each of you once a month to check up on you, encourage you, see what's going on, because this is how important this is to me, is to make a difference. And Donnie does a lot of things and gives back in a lot of ways that you just don't hear about. Um, and I thought, yeah, right, you're going to call us once a month. Uh-huh, I'm sure. Well, he did. And so once a month for a year, I'd get a phone call, Susan, Donnie Osmond. And we would just chat. He'd ask about what was going on in the program. And it really was, um, I really had two motivating factors. It was, I was so passionate about this topic and I knew there were things, um, but it was him keeping that encourage, encouragement going. But, you know, on the flight home, I thought, I have no idea what I'm going to do. But if anything happens in this program in this next year, my patient needs to be able to go wherever she wants to go with a smile where she doesn't have to go with, I'm fearful somebody will see what my teeth look like. So that next week, I went to my dentist that I worked with and I said, here's what happened before I went and here's what happened at this weekend will you work with me? And they said, absolutely. So about eight months later, she had a new smile. And a lot, of, a lot of different things happened that year. That's where I found the Oral Cancer Foundation, organized um, the first oral cancer walk here in Colorado. I had some other patients that were immunocompromised, periodontal, um, patients and they had no insurance. And so my doctors allowed me to see them at no charge to do just all of their hygiene services, you know, get them in every three months, do all of that. So, you know, a lot happened that year, but that was really the big thing is she got a new smile. And it just, it grew from there. So I started speaking to the schools and the dental school, the hygiene schools and the dental school here in Colorado to get them to come to the oral cancer walk. But then they kept asking me to come back in subsequent years. Will you come back and talk to us again about oral cancer? And I never wanted to be a speaker, Kelly. <laughs> that was never on my, on my list of things to do. So it just organically grew from there. And then What I will say is, and this is this is hard to admit, but I share it. And at the time of that conversation with my patient, I was neither confident nor consistent or thorough in my head and neck exams. I always did it. I always screamed, but sometimes I would palpate the thyroid and sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes I would palpate submandibular and sometimes I wouldn't. Maybe a late patient, you know, would um, dictate, oh, and you know, they're not a smoker. Right. And the busyness of my day, a production driven procedure take precedence. But from that point on, I realized 
I can never do that because right out of hygiene school, I was thorough and consistent. But as the years went on and things got busier, just it happens. It does. And if people are running late, if you need to go to yep. the bathroom, um, right. it's, it's just life. And we, we have all been there. So it sounds like if probably looking back in a reflective nature, you would probably say the one thing that you would go back and change is to remain thorough, consistent. Because I wonder how many oral cancers did I miss because I wasn't thorough. And I didn't ever want to feel like that again. And I didn't want my colleagues to feel that way. And so I surrounded myself with experts, head and neck surgeons, um, Brian Hill at the Oral Cancer Foundation. And he had some summit meetings that um, he invited me to, and we had experts speak to us. So I've learned from some experts. I needed to get confident and really, because when we're confident, then we can be efficient. Right. And that's key for this. If we're confident, we can be efficient in this evaluation. And so I, I found that my colleagues were not confident. They're like, now what do I do for the thyroid and, you know, different things. So that just has grown into what I do now. Um, the cotton method of screening. So the cotton method really is a an oral cancer, a dental oral cancer office system for um, to reduce liability and help offices providers be confident and thorough and how to utilize the whole team at screening. And so that's that's what took me into this is Donnie Osmond and my patient. And the timing of it. <laughs> How that amazing! By chance, was it? I there was a divine intervention. There. That's why I, I said it was a divine appointment. It had to have been. <laughs> so then, too, I am thinking about with that. Okay, you've said so many things. I just want to unpack them all, and I know we have only a little bit of time, Susan. I just I have so many questions for you. One of the things that I think is so important in any facet of what we do, no matter what it is in our lives, is to, like you did, you reflected on what it was that you could have done better. And you said, how can I become more efficient? How can I standardize this in my day-to-day -to, -day to, to make that efficient, to have it standardized as a protocol, your personal protocol, to have that confidence? And truly, that's a key to so many things in life of what you've done and what you now offer with the cotton method, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's key in anything we, like you said, anything in life and especially in dentistry to have that protocol and the, just, you know, what you're going to do. And then we get efficient and then we get in a, an office. If dentists and hygienists can get calibrated on this, um, I think we'll stop hearing. Yeah. Nobody's ever done that on me before. Yeah. Or why are you doing that? Or no. yeah, it's, yeah. And, and, and I think in hygiene school, I teach in the hygiene school and I, and I can get why there's a bit of a disconnect because in hygiene school, it's you, you're teaching, you're knowing, but, and, and a lot of times it's healthier patients or it's, you don't have the breadth and depth of um, the population that you get that, get, get, get that through time essentially. And then you start to lose, okay, well, no one's probably 
looking to see if I'm doing it. And, but you got to be accountable to yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so good, good point, Kelly. And that's something that I talk about in my course is why do we do this? Our, our ethical responsibility, but what would we want done on ourselves and on our family? But then what do our associations say? Our association associations have updated their oral cancer policies. So we're held accountable for those. We have liabilities as hygienists and dentists in this. So it really is threefold. It's performing that screening, that evaluation confidently and thoroughly, reducing our liability, saving lives. It's that triad. And when we do that thorough screening, confident and efficiently, we reduce our liability and early detection can happen. Yes. And then even before that, for that practitioner to intrinsically value that for themselves, to know that it, like for me, if I didn't do that, it wouldn't pass that I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. doesn't pass the pillow test. Right you know, to, to know how to, and I've just, I've learned so much from you in the times I've just spoken with you. And there's so much that we don't know. It's, it's so important to like your question, your initial question of, wow, it it was in your face of HPV and the link to oral cancer. There's, I remember, I'm sure you do too, back when you would see those patients back to even diabetic patients where I'm like, there is a link here and it wasn't written up yet. And I was a new baby hygienist and going, where's the literature on this? I, I, I'm just learning how to do this, but I can visibly see the difference and the healing and there's something going, there's something more to this. And that's what you have discovered and uncovered and standardized a method for us to do that. So thank you for your work and your contributions to, to what we're doing, because think about it even before us, I was just talking to someone yesterday and it was like, remember when we didn't even use ultrasonics that much? Remember, and then think now how that's our standard of care. And right. you don't, once you know better, you've got to do better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, you know, so we, we know tobacco and alcohol and HPV is oral pharyngeal, but we know beetle quid is a, is a causative agent. Um, you know, oral cancer has changed. It hasn't stayed stagnant. Um there's new etiologies and there's additional risk factors, not so much causes, but there's additional risk factors for oral cancer now that we need to be looking at with our patients. You know, what? just like all the risk factors for cardiovascular disease or, or other things, um, other systemic things, and just doing that thorough risk assessment for our patients as well. We're such an important link to the, to everything. And it's, and as you're speaking to him, I am reflecting on even periodontal disease, the etiologies and the systemic connections, the bacteria that are in the textbook. Now the pathogens aren't the same as when I learned them, you and I learned them, they've discovered more and more, and there's so much more to the story. So 
everyone who's listening, keep up with your professional education, even if it doesn't count as a CE, even if it's a, just, just connect with people, be curious about what there is to know. So Susan, I mean, you, you've done this and you've led this charge for our profession and for the industry. So um, I can't wait to see what's ahead of us and with you with that and what we will discover and things that will say, Oh my gosh, remember when we didn't even know about that, but we're, we're doing better than what we were. Yes. Yeah. All the time. Right. All the time in in everything. It's just, and you know, that's a phrase I like to use in my courses, what we know now. And I learned that from my dad Um, when he was um, working as a veterinarian, I would um, often be in, the exam room with him and he would tell um, his, his clients were the dogs, his client, the, the dogs owners, you know, dogs or cats owners. He'd say, you know, well, what we know now is blah, blah, blah. And so that's why I'm going to do this right now or this right now. And I've just taken that with me is what we know now. And we can use that with our patients when we're talking about anything new and especially HPV starting to have that conversation. You know, what we know now is it's not just tobacco and alcohol. There's a very common, the most common sexually transmitted infection that is causing over 80% of throat cancers. And just start to share that information doesn't have to be a need and e conversation. I like to talk about it while I'm doing um, the evaluation. In fact, when I first started talking about HPV, I was like, how am I going to talk about this? Wow. So I would bring it up when I was behind the patient palpating occipital nodes. So I wouldn't have to look at them. But now I can have that conversation anywhere. So it's just getting comfortable. Yeah, start with where you are. And it's so it's so funny that you say that. I, I've always said that it's, it's an introduction to anything. What we know now about periodontal disease, what we know, what the textbooks and the literature is telling us. It's because it's a, this is what we've always known, but here's how you can rely on me to bridge that information. And you can trust me because I am not me, but us, the we in that as that practitioner. So that's a that's an amazing way to bridge that and um, yeah, it, it's so cool. Susan, it, it has been a delight to have you here. I just want to know more. I just want more, Susan. How do people find you? How do they get more of Susan and learn what, learn about the cotton method? Sure. Well, they can go to my website. It's um, oralcancerconsulting.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and I'll be at some conventions coming up in 2023. So hope to see people there. And, you know, I've added an oral cancer screening workshop, not just doing my three hour lecture, but um, a three hour oral cancer screening workshop where we get hands on and do that work and work on the things that the dentists and hygienists aren't confident in doing, like maybe palpating the thyroid or evaluating the tonsil grade for the oral pharynx. So um, I'm, that's, I'm so excited about that. Truly hands-on. Yes. <laughs> Love up. We put on masks. Um, we did it at Smile, ADA SmileCon in Houston this year. It was um, sold out. It was so, it was, it was fun. That's, that's so good. 
It was so fun. Because you got to feel it and then know what it feels like. You got to know what right feels like to yeah. know the, the contrast and what it doesn't. So that's, yeah. you guys check Susan out um, on her website. And I'm sure that she's got some things listed there about where she's going to be next. Susan, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Kelly. It's, it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. So thank you. It was an honor to be here. Thank you. I, I, the honor is all mine. And for our listeners, um, thank you so much for being here with us today, whether you're watching through video or audio. Can you do me a favor? Can you do us a favor and go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating on Apple because Apple's what matters, please. Five stars. Give us a rating. I appreciate it. Thanks for all that you're doing to take care of the health of our communities, of our patients. And until next time, we'll see you then. Thanks again, Susan. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kelly. Bye, everybody. Bye.